I have tapes and they are hot, all quite ting ting, it's the start of the pod. My team's good and yours is not quite down ting ting, it's the start of Hello! Coming to you in a pre-recorded fashion from the League Podcast Studio in Columbus, Ohio, I am Diesel, and this is Don't Fear the Keeper, only audio to answer the question that Charlie was asking me as I clicked record. Um, Joining me today, Speak of the Devil, coming to us live from what will soon be his former home, the commission's with me. Chuck, how we doing? Uh, we're doing pretty well. I had a very long day at work today, uh, but I would say the opportunity to come on and do this pod this really kept me going. Really, uh, kept the juices flowing. So, for those of you who can't see, which by the way is uh, everyone but me, uh, Charlie's wearing scrubs at the moment to really just drive home the idea that he is, in fact, a doctor. In the process of becoming a doctor. In the process of, sure. He is pre-doctor at the moment. Mid-doctor? I think pre-doctor is probably... That's true. But pre-doctor makes it sound like pre-med, which is way further from doctor than you are at the moment. That's fair. Whatever. We'll say pre-doctor until we're told otherwise. Um, Mid-witch, though. Definitively mid-witch. Mid-warlock. Warlock, sorry. Um... I think Warlock, by the way, better than Wizard. Wizards, I mean, the thing, the thing with Warlock versus I don't. I hope everybody knows the conversation we're referencing here. It's the Charlie's uh, Dio, which is a witch doctor. Yeah, continue. Yeah. Um, Warlock is a cooler word, but everybody knows what a wizard is. I think there's a, a substantially less portion of the population where if you threw out the word Warlock, people wouldn't know what you were talking about. That's true, but warlock to me implies that you're doing some real sinister shit. Like you're doing big things if you're a warlock. I don't. I don't disagree, but I say wizard. Wizard is just the the more popular. Ter- it's like it's like yeah. pop versus soda. Pop is a correct term. Soda is an incorrect one. Yeah, if you were in the 1960s, you'd be absolutely correct. So I'm glad that you brought that up <laughs> for our 1960s listeners. <laughs> yes. Um. So, yeah, so Charlie uh, alluded to this before, but um, as everyone who listens to this podcast would know, I published a book um, about a month and a half ago. Um, It has done actually much better than I thought it was going to. Um, I thought we were going to hit like 50 copies of people taking pity on me and ordering them. Uh, We're at 101, I checked today. Damn it! I know. I thought... You were going to be at 99 and just camp there because at that point, it's like, what happened? Like, yeah, <laughs> which, you, you, you know, it's like 50. It's like, okay, what you got over that? It's like, everyone just do well. 99, it's like, well, what happened? What, 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 what bad review got out at 99? <laughs> yeah. And, and, and stopped it cold. <laughs> so it, if I look on the, it's confusing to explain, but when I look at the website at first, it tells me 99, but then I can look, pull up like a report of the sales and it does show me 101. Uh, plus, apparently there was one sold in the UK. So for our British listeners, thank you. Um, and well, Ben did say he's returning his copy. Mm-hmm. So I think it'll, be, it'll probably go back down to 100. Even 100. Exactly. Um, but uh, yeah, that is neither here nor there. We're not here to talk about 
the fact that I published it. We're here to talk about Charlie's review of this book. Um, just to also briefly brag, I have, or Charlie has read two books since he graduated from high school, and I was the yes. author of both of them. Yes, that is accurate. Now, people have been thinking, like, how's that possible? C- to completion, I've finished two books right. since I yeah. graduated. I have started many and begun reading many. I have only finished two, and they have all had to be ones that that John wrote. So, which it does does it help that the one was a you know children's book format? And yes, the other one? that I will I will be first that that did help. That was a big factor in me finishing that first one. Also, the other one is one hundred and twelve pages. <laughs> so I I handed this. I read this whole thing in two days. Yeah. Not that's that's not a brag. That's a purely like one of those when you're eating like hot food, you gotta eat as much as you can early because at some point you're just gonna catch up to you. I knew that if I, got, if I let this go like to day three or four, yeah. I was gonna be like, all right, I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> you know, I'm, done. I'm done with that. Sick and tired of this shit. Tired yeah. of John describing shit to me. Jo- John could have written the best book of all time, and I would have ran out of gas after four days, regardless. So. <laughs> yes. And to be clear, to set a very. Um, realistic expectation of because we'll go through what charlie thinks of this but to to set the groundwork of what i think of this book uh after i published it i think this book is okay i think that it is a kind of cool idea i think i maybe could have done better but i've been working on it for over four years at this point so i wanted it off of my plate and in the world and so it's not perfect it is not but uh so that's should charlie shit on this book um, don't feel bad. I acknowledge that probably at least 50% of what Charlie's about to say, I agree with. Uh, so I will put this out right in the front. When I told John I had finished, we were playing this thing. He asked me to give him my, like out of 10 score to do yeah. up, up front what it is. So I gave it a six, mm-hmm. um, which I think is a fair, I, I thought it was fair. I was not yeah. trying to be like, I thought, I thought six was fair. Um, yeah. No, and I thought, I legitimately thought, especially because I know you, and I know that you do not read a lot of books, and this is not like a, like, oh, yeah, no, this is like the Harry Potter books, where you'll just fly through. I I wouldn't call it an easy read. No, No. it is not a page-turner, it is uh, distinctly not plot-driven. So, yeah, I I thought that it was actually going to be lower, just based on uh, how I assumed you were going to take all of it. So I was actually pretty happy with that. The other thing that I will say, because Charlie brought that up, is that uh, I do not know any of Charlie's opinions on this outside of that out of 10 yeah. ranking. Mm-hmm. None of my responses for the remainder of this podcast will be canned. So, uh, yeah, I, I guess um, as I flounder, keep that in mind that I did not have the time to prep and now I'm floundering. I'm just floundering because I'm unprepared. So, mm-hmm. so let's, uh, Charlie, let's dive into it. Um, would you like to give me some, do you have a format for this or are we just going to meander through it? Um, kind of. We'll start. We'll start from the outside in, and from right. the front to the back. Love it. Kind of. All right. Yeah. So, I, so I mean this in all seriousness. Like first thing, like not sarcastic. This is a real book. Like yeah. congratulations. Like, that, like this is a real book. Like if it is, I don't mean this, but like if I saw this book in a bookstore on the shelf, I would think nothing of it, and that like it belongs there. Yeah. That, and that, this has been as a compliment. Like, yes, it, it's taken as one. Believe you me. Yes. So, so, so I would say, nice job. Like, nothing about this book is like this book was like not the children's book or the other one, but this is this is a from the cover that was actually done by an actual artist yes. to like this is a real book. So, nice yeah. job. I would say 
books books written, John, one. I would say <laughs> one. Distinctly one book, run Distinctly. real book written. Yes. yes. Um, Distinctly one. And I, I think we can say now at this point, um, as we're going through the exterior, I, and I say this as the person who wrote all of the words inside of it, my favorite part of this book is the cover. The cover came out so fucking cool. I was cover, so happy co- with it. The cover that Jane did, um, which we'll get to in a second. Yeah. Uh, very good. I will say, it, it is a thing, though, where you you read the title and you look at the cover. I would have no idea what this book is about. Just by yes. those. Like, I, I, it, gives, it gives you, it's enticing, but also gives you no information about the book. Or you almost have to read it. Yes, yeah. It's it's like a little like finger like just sort of like coaxing you like come here, come on, check this out. <laughs> okay. Uh the back you even had the little like the blurb. Blurb on the back. Um I wanted John to let me uh write testimonials. Mm-hmm. And I gave the example of what I would have said and he said it's too late for that and I also wouldn't have put that on the book, so <laughs> you're a lo- you're you're a lost, John, on that. Yeah, I, I believe I Charlie's was inherently sarcastic. So. Uh, it was it was this book uh, took me on a ride and showed me things about myself that even I didn't think I could understand. And then I opened it and started reading, <laughs> implying that just by holding it, that then it, that it did that. So, which to be fair, given what we've now discussed, that the exterior of the book is so cool, kind of would have fit. I give John that line, having not even seen yes. the book or know what the title was. So. <laughs> That is true, uh, and yeah. No, I, I really like, uh, I, I guess, for some, a little bit of background, a little bit of color, I did self-publish this, which, uh, for those that aren't aware, no like actual publishing company, no professional bookseller looked at this thing and like did it. This was all a combination of me and Jane, obviously, with the cover art, um, but I really like how it came out. Um, you can kind of like not really... You don't really know what it's going to come out looking like. It can look really cool when I'm designing it on a website and then it can ship and it can look like absolute garbage. But um, I really like how this came out. I think that the fact that it like came out like really matte and like it, it feels like a real book to your point, which yes. I was thrilled about. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on, dedicated to your grandfather. Um, yes. Gave me both his name. So his name is John, I'm assuming. It, John Walsh, but yes, John. I'm named I would, after now, now, I would assume that your, your grandfather did not name you. Your parents named you. No, my parents named me after him. Okay. So gotcha. he is direct. The, it was not like a coincidence. Like, they like John and his name is John. They specifically, like, pointed at him and said, you, you, you this baby, linked. Yeah, okay, so, gotcha. And he's also, uh, the second part of it, he's an English teacher. Also, okay. ah. so he was very excited about this development. His love of learning. Okay, bingo. There, there's that for you. Um, there's a prologue, and I was very upset that there was not an epilogue as well. So I, I would have loved to see just milk the hell out of like, you know, <laughs> all the parts of the book. I debated doing an epilogue. I did debate doing an epilogue, not because it would have been symmetrical, but because I kind of felt like maybe it was needed. But um, uh, in the end, I decided that it was just going to be like, it, it, like you said, it would be just me milking. I would not be saying anything of substance in this epilogue. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so, so then, then you have you know the actual story, which we'll mm-hmm. get to in a second. So I'll skip that and I'll go to the end parts here. Right. Um, the about the author, an artist. When you have a little a little paragraph about what you and Jan are both doing, this is my first beef with the book. Okay. John. Okay. 
The fact that you do not have an about the author like book sleeve style picture <laughs> that accompanies this with you yeah. in some dumbass pose in a park is the biggest <laughs> miss of this entire book. I I'm not gonna lie, I thought about it mostly because if you will recall from the Sherlock O'Neill book, Matt created a silhouette of me. So we have that picture somewhere of me wearing like a fucking tweed jacket, holding a cup of tea, wearing my adventure hat. That exists. I have that. I could have subbed that in. The issue is that the sincere issue is that it would have had to be black and white because making it color would have been more expensive for just that. That's the only thing that would have been color would have been that. So I didn't do it. It, it would have been worth it. Just, just I, want you, I want you to know that it would have been worth it. Sure. <laughs> um, I do like the little Instagram plug on Jane thing. That uh, is yes, nice I was very happy. Thing. I was going to do that regardless of if she sent them to me because obviously that like she has an art dedicated page like kind of for her business. Mm-hmm. So that, it made it made a ton of sense. I also do like how there's a good mix of the and the outside of the books also like the about the author thing. It was a good mix of like being serious, where it's like actually what you did, but also like hobbies, like comic books, camping, sleeping through his alarm. Like there's there's a little bit of like bits of comedy. So that, a little, that was, like, little sprinkle of uh, levity in there, yeah. Um, then you have uh, the quote by Jane and the picture of. So this is I said I wanted to ask you a question before we started. Then I said I'll wait. Oh yeah, until, yeah. Until we get. How do you pronounce this name? Uh, Brioxa is how yeah, I pronounce what, it. That's what I was saying, and I was like. Really glad because I would be like, and then when I do my review, then you're gonna be like, oh, that's not even how you remotely how you say that word. So, <laughs> so you had the little picture of uh, Brioxa, um, with a little quote by Jane about her description, which is interesting. Yes, uh, that was also not like a quote that she gave me with that picture. That was just Jane Cole. Just like I was, she read the book obviously before she made the cover, and I was talking to her about it, and she was like, in my head, she's hot. <laughs> And that was all she said to me. That was she was just like, "Oh yeah, all right, yeah." So that's 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 what you get. And she, I did really appreciate th- that. Was sort of outside of our like contract, whatever the fuck. Jane just did that because she thought it was cool and she was just like excited about it and kind of wanted to visualize it, which I endlessly appreciate because it was just you know this helped this helped me as the reader. This picture yeah, because exactly. it at least gave me something to to try to you know it's out. something to sort of latch onto. Yes, figure out what's going on. And then last but not least, uh, before then you have your dodge, you have your acknowledgments page. Yes. Um, you mentioned Brandon, Ray, Brian, and Colin by name. Uh, I'm not upset that I'm not in the acknowledgments, but I am disappointed. Sure. Um, as I would have been, even if you, you know, Brian could have co-wrote this book with you. And I still would have been like, wanted to be the acknowledgments over Brian, so. If it makes you feel any better, I specifically put Brian in to shit on him because I knew he hadn't read it. That's true. That's true. You did. Like I said, you, you have a serious acknowledgments page, and it's like partially, and it's like Brian who asked the manuscript, even though we never opened it. Like, didn't even. I, I didn't need to ask, by the way. I did not clarify with Brian. I knew in my soul that Brian asked for this, saved it to his computer, and never even considered opening the document. Yeah. This was also like a year ago. Brian was living in the ranch when he got this from me. Gotcha. Gotcha. So you had ample time. This was not me sending it to Brian on like Tuesday and then on Thursday being like pot shot. Fuck you, Brian. Yeah. Okay. I got you. So, so yeah. So I think, you know, I give you a, a B 
about a B on the okay. outside on outside the story stuff. Like I said, absolutely huge miss with the author picture. So am I just losing both those – that letter grade, that full letter grade that I'm missing is just purely because of the picture? Yes. Okay. Almost almost entirely. <laughs> okay. Good to know. Uh, no, if I had been in the acknowledgments, it would have been an A plus. Mm-hmm. So, so maybe for next time, uh, keep that in mind. I guess you could have technically been in there because I essentially included the two people who had actually read the goddamn thing and then the two people who had expressed some amount of interest in it. And Brandon Array, who actually helped me edit this, and then um, yeah, did a shit job as well. Uh, as we'll get to that, and uh... yeah, I'm pretty sure that I used an old copy of this to edit because I, as I was going through, I was like, man, there's a lot of shit in here that I'm needing to fix, which gave me pause. But at the same time, I was like, well, like a hundred at the time, I was like, a oh, fifty people are gonna read this, so meh. All right, so I think what we'll do now is I will read. Um, my, I wrote a, a formal like review. Yeah. Out. I will read that. Um, I already gave you my rating six out of 10. Yes. And then I, I went through and I had, um, we will just talk about, it. I, I have, I highlighted, um, like line and things that I liked. We'll just discuss those things. And then at the end I have, um, a list of sequel titles and the plot right. of those sequels for this book. Right. So, of course. Um, before you get into that, do you want me to do some sort of brief history of how this thing happened, or would we rather do that after? Let's do let's do that once we're into the into the meat of the book. I'm fine with that. All right, then please. Okay. Um. All right, so here we go. Uh, this novel, the first I have read written in second person, takes you, both the main character and reader, on a long and arduous journey, loosely guided by a mystic woman named Brioxa, as you, again, both the main character and the reader, must navigate the strange lands and find safety in your home once again. The story portrays shades of Alice in Wonderland, The Wizard of Oz, and Dante's Inferno, but in a much simpler way. The author uses almost agonizing description as he bombards you, both the reader and the main character, into near submission with his colorful depictions of the landscape. Throughout the reading of this book, Expect to ask yourself questions such as, what even is this? Where is the story going? And do you think my friends will be able to tell if I stopped here and just did a review only on what I've read so far? But the author does a good job of leaving you, again, both the reader and main character, with just enough breadcrumbs along the way to keep going. And admittedly, ends the book in such a way that he leaves the reader with a fulfilled feeling and a positive outlook on the book as a last impression. That's what, that's what I got. Yeah, no, I, I definitely that is exactly how I thought this book was going to be taken. If I'm going to be okay. totally this started, and not to we'll get into the real like you know meat of how I came about doing this well, fucking well, thing. Well, let's get into that now. So you, that's my thoughts on the book. What do you sure. th- what do you think? What, what do you think of what I just said? So I I agree with you completely. This started essentially as a exercise, and well, I want to like I kind of want to write things like that's something that I want to yeah. do. And we've, I mean, you know, we've—that's no mystery. Like we wrote the Sherlock O'Neill yeah. thing. We've been, I mean, a lot of prep and sort of that style of work goes into these podcasts. Every exactly. Week. Like, like it's no mystery that you'd be interested in something like this. Exactly, and and part of it was like, okay, I want to see if, you know, 
can I get good at describing things, essentially? Because so much of writing a novel... You got a lot of practice in this one. Exactly. This literally just started out as, like, a case study of, like, oh, like, let me see if I can get really good at describing things. Because, obviously, so much of a novel, not the whole thing in this case, obviously, but, like, um, so much of being good at writing a novel is being able to place your reader in this scene and essentially drop them into this completely imagined, it like, place in the world or whatever it is and make them feel like they're there and make them understand where they are and have a firm sense of what's happening around them. So this essentially just started as that. Mm-hmm. And yes, I definitely got a little bit... I let it get away from me. <laughs> it's effectively... And... A, a lot of it also it then morphed into I wanted it to feel like a guided meditation. Okay. So that is why and and for those who have listened to one or who haven't, essentially most guided meditations, it's a person with a very soothing voice telling you what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So it's like I I am not going to be able to make up a good example. Well, it's 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 always like. You, if you're doing like when you're going to sleep, it's like you feel your feet relax and your, yeah. your muscles relax. It's always like stuff like that. You feel your yeah. your heart rate slowing and, and all crap like that. It's almost hypnotism is kind of what it feels like. Um, so that's why I changed it to this. And then that's also why I wanted to make it as descriptive as possible because I didn't want – I kind of didn't want you to be like focused on like a bunch of other stuff. I wanted it to just be like, all right, you are in this moment. This is what you're seeing. You're not doing other shit. You're not worried about other shit. You're just seeing things. Mm-hmm. So that was essentially where it came down to. And as I told, I think everyone, not a page turn. It's not a plot driven story. So I, I will say before we, you know, I don't think we're going to go through plot by plot. No, like, nor should we. Yeah. Yeah. The thing. Um, but I will, I will say the the one like real compliment that I have about um, what you did is, I think you used the character uh, Brioxa almost perfectly. Okay. And, wh- and what I mean by that is that, you know, you sort of introduce her and describe her, but you never seemingly answer the question about what exactly she's doing or what kind of her purpose is. And so there's, there's enough mystery there that it keeps the reader interested in what the character's about. And then every, si- I was like, every single time that I was basically at my wit's end of like when you're you know, on this river and you're describing just colors and rocks and light <laughs> and this, that, and the other thing where I'm like, okay, like we've had enough of this. I wanted to put it down. You bring her, you brought her in just enough times where it sort of reignited sort of the, the story and like got it back on a, for me at least, it sort of like mm-hmm. got me back interested every time she showed up. So right, I, that think, mystery. I, I think you did a great job of utilizing that character to sort of, for me, was she was a major like interest driving, plot driving like like thing. So I will say that's that's a legitimate compliment I have for you. Okay, well that's um, good to know. That was yeah. accidental. If it, uh, <laughs> yeah. like, I wasn't yeah. trying to time things up. It was just where it felt like it needed to happen. But I am glad that it uh, did serve its purpose. I mean, there are only three characters in the entire goddamn thing. Yeah. So uh, yeah, you definitely have. To, I had to be a little judicious about where I was using all of them for maximum effect, which also, by the way, the fact that there are only three characters really made it entertaining when everyone was like, all right, we're going to do an audiobook." Mm. I was like, well, that's not going to go very far. Yeah. No, <laughs> there right. are three characters. One of them doesn't talk. Yeah. 
It's like one of those uh, weird like plays you see in like middle school where the whole thing is like you know, like a three cast like play. You ever, you ever yeah. see one of those? Yeah, or one man show essentially. Yeah, one man show. Um, but yeah, um, but I think I can't think to do it in the you know. This is not a knock. This is not the type of book that I would ever like. If, like if I if I didn't know you, right? I would not have I would not have read this, right? That, that, you know, no. Even if I started reading, I would not have finished it if I did not know you. I'll be yes. I'll be honest, and that's that's not a knock on you. That is just a statement on the type of books that I do read when I seldom do. Yeah, um, no, and that's again, that's why I was honestly uh, flattered by the six. <laughs> and, and, and so I'll get into that, you know, and then and then we can go through I what the the lines that I liked and the mistakes you made. Um, the reason the reason I gave it a six is because I kind of told you told John this briefly right after I finished. I got to a point where I was almost like, you know, I've, I've run out of pages where I'm like, where is he? Mm-hmm. What is going to happen at the end of this book? Like, I was I, it's like, it's almost like the family guy joke where it's like, we're almost out of minutes here. Like, what are we going to wrap this up? <laughs> I was like, John, there, there's, there's only 10 pages left here, John. What are we doing? You know? Yeah. And the last chapter really does give a good amount of closure. It answered a lot of the questions that I have mainly being like, what is going on? That was the main question. <laughs> that was the main that question. That was the, the main question and answer that I had. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it gives you a certain amount of like, like I said, I said in my, in my review, like closure and fulfillment such that you look at it where you're like, Oh, I guess see what he was doing. Like, yeah. it's like one of those, it's one of those where it's like, it's almost like a, it's like a reverse of um, the hateful eight. And that, right. When you know the twist in the Hateful Eight, suddenly the movie is not that good anymore, or you, it's not as fun to watch again. With this, knowing the ending, I was like, okay, the, that book I actually saw what he was doing, and you, you start to put the pieces together yourself. And so, but I really enjoyed the ending for that reason, and that mm-hmm. you know, it's sort of. And I think John said, like, if you didn't end it that way, you would have a lot of people being like, "What the? What did I just read for however for yes. hundred pages? You, you know, yeah. what, what was that? That was the purpose of that." So. So good job out of that as well. Yeah, I was kind of torn. Actually, the the passage, I don't know. Spoiler alert. Can I put a spoiler alert on my own book of that were they showing this to people who presumably read it, I guess? I the passage at the very end where you kind of get the explanation of, all right, this is what the actual like this is what I was doing the whole time. Yeah. Where you get an explanation for what each chapter is, essentially. Not in overly specific terms, but just enough that you can piece it together yourself. I nearly didn't have that in there because I didn't want to spoon feed it too much. Like, I didn't want it to be like, all right, you're like sitting down and I'm like going through chapter by chapter with you. Trying to like, Look, this is the brain. And like, I thought that that would be like, like condescending as shit. So I tried to do it in like a 50-50 way where I'm like, all right, if you were really not paying attention, you wouldn't understand what this is talking about. But you as someone who who kind of powered through it and were paying reasonable attention was you were able to work it out pretty quickly. Yeah. And like I said, if you if you didn't have this last chapter in there, A, I guess you could you mean you would have ended it differently, obviously, if you didn't have the last chapter in. But I yeah. I, I would have been I, I don't know where you would have gone other than the way you went. No, it was always going to this. Um okay. But yeah, the the other option would have just been not having that essentially paragraph 
to explain like all right, this is the exact form by the way yeah, the I'm, book I'm, is in. I, I, I'm glad you put it in there I will say I am I, too based on the amount of uh, response that I've gotten back from it that everyone was like essentially read it and said like had an aha moment at the very end and it was like oh, okay that's that's like the puzzle is there but it's it's solved at the end yes which is satisfying yes. um and yeah I do think I'm happy that everyone seems to have like picked up on it. Now, Chuck, did you pick up on it at the very end or was there an inkling somewhere earlier up the line? I mean, it, it, it took me towards the, towards the end to figure, to figure out what was going on. Um, the, like I said, that, that, that paragraph that, that you, that really helped me a lot. It cracks I, like I said, it, 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 it left me with a much more positive outlook on the book. Had it then it would have been that I would have had had it not been there. So yeah, the only thing essentially the reason why I would have left it out is that then I could have been like, oh, by the way, the whole thing's an allegory for the human body, and then you could have just sat there for like thirty seconds, and be like, oh, holy shit, yeah, okay, I get it now. However, I can't do that to everyone, so it just made more sense. Yeah, um, but like I said, it, it, that ending, I think you know, like I said, it it it, it for me. Changed my hope. Like I was, like I was literally when I when I would maybe like, you know, the last ten pages is because for the last chapter. Mm-hmm. But I was like maybe fifteen pages from the end. I was like, how am I gonna? Like, I was almost like, what am I gonna do for this? Like, <laughs> we're gonna have to cancel this pod. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I can tell John what I thought of this book at this point. You know? Yeah. But no, exactly. you, you. I don't want to say you saved it, but like. You, you changed my whole perspective on the book at the end there, which I think was a good thing. Stuck the landing is how I felt about it. Yes, I, I would agree that that's a good way of putting it. Or I guess I didn't feel like I stuck the landing. I wasn't sure I was gonna be. It was gonna be taken. All I was trying to do is stick the landing because, as Charlie said, if that ending isn't satisfying, you come away from the book being like, "Ah, that was a waste of like however many days of my life." Yeah. Um, and the one thing that I will say to your point about it sort of. You read it and then you can kind of look back and be like, oh, okay, I kind of see what it was going on there. I, I want it to sort of be hopefully like, because there are breadcrumbs throughout the book that I was hoping to like, so that if you were to reread it at some point, you would still get an like entertaining experience out of it because you could be like, oh, that's because, oh, I see that that's how that ties into the mm-hmm. whole theme. So that like, sort of like when you watch like a thriller movie, and then you know the ending, like not the hateful eight, because the hateful eight it kind of ruins it. But like, um, like a movie like Memento, where you get the twist at the end, and then you rewatch it, and you're like, oh, all of those things are pointing to this, and I just didn't notice because I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was going for. I don't think I executed it as well as Memento. I want that noted in case anyone accuses me of being an asshole and comparing myself to Christopher Nolan. But yeah, that's what I was going for at least. Um. So yeah, I would. Yeah, I would say you know, like I said, th- th- like this is a real book, and as I do not mean this sarcastically. Like, like it's it's beyond having a, a beginning, a middle, and end. Like I, like, I think that there's actually something here, which is which is you know, an accomplishment all in and of itself. So, uh, and I appreciate that. That's realistically what I was all I was going for, and I I I sincerely can't describe to anyone else the feeling of when this actually came in and after I had been working on it again for so many years 
to have like a physical thing to like flip through and be like, oh, like this is actually, this is a real thing. Like this is a real yeah. book. And to be able to like see it like in a bookstore and like that stuff, or even like just on Amazon was like, oh, okay, this is. I mean, dream come true is a like whatever. It's a very overused sentiment, but it, it very much was. Good. I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad. And I, and I I've made fun of you for milking uh, Instagram content out of your book. Um, I would be doing the same thing. So it's the I, only I, I, advertising I have. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm making fun of you because uh, it's not my book. But yeah, I mean, if it was, if if I wrote like a letter from the league office, like my memoirs as commissioner of the Norwich Football League, like yeah, I, I just promoted the shit. Which now that I've said that, I might tuned. have to do it. Stay, stay tuned. I will um, help Charlie if you need me to. I I will be, I will write a foreword. Perfect. <laughs> I will write. I will let you write a testimonial as a former commissioner. Oh, okay, league, that's so. true. Well, I will have at least read it, hopefully, before I write the testimonial. Fair. All right. So what we're gonna do now is I. As I was reading, highlighted um, phrases that I thought were funny or uh, things I wanted to mention and then or uh, grammatical or spelling mistakes that were found in the book. So I highlighted those. We're going to talk about those now. I have maybe, uh, I don't know, 15 or so. Throughout uh, the- I don't know about that, Jim. I don't know, Jim. Okay. Uh, first one, page 12. You remark to yourself that horizontal stripes often make a person appear thin, thinner, and wonder if the rocks knew this when they got dressed. I thought that was funny. Thanks. I felt pretty yeah. good about that. I thought that was a funny line. Well, personification. Uh, that's why I highlighted it. Um, maybe you, on page 17, maybe you discovered some new source of natural light. Maybe it will be named after you and your legacy will live on forever. Again, thought that was, thought that was, that was fun. That was like, <laughs> ah, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, exactly. Um, it appears to be the type of boulder on the same page. It appears to be the type of boulder one might see a hero lifting and throwing in a comic book to demonstrate his strength. And I was like, "Is this a John book? There's a comic book reference in it." So, fun fact about that: that was until the last revision. Uh, uh, I believe it was that the Hulk might be lifting up to like show his strength, but you can't do that because I don't own uh, the rights to the Hulk, and I was ah. self-publishing this and wasn't going to pay royalties to. Uh, Fucking Universal Studios. That, that would be electric. If John, <laughs> if, if, if every time, you want to know how, how many books would have sold? If you owed money every time a book was purchased, we would have we we bought the shit out of this book. And legitimately, I like what I, I didn't think of it, obviously, because the Hulk is like such a popular, you know, he's a figure. But then all of a sudden, like, they have this disclaimer that you have to, like, sign and agree to when you publish it. It's like, hey, do you own the copyrights to not only what's in your book, but, like, anything that you reference in your book? And I was like, yeah, it should be good. And I thought about it. I was like, ah, fuck, I totally call out the Hulk. <laughs> That's probably. Yeah, that would be an electric thing if John <laughs> writes a book and owes money every time somebody buys one. I owe money. And it's not to Marvel or some of the, like, I really like. It's to Universal Studios. <laughs> Yeah, I'm paying for the next Jurassic World slowly but surely. Yeah. Um, page twenty five. I highlighted the word stalagmites. I think that was to congratulate you on using the correct form of stalagmite versus stalactite. Based Googled upon, it. yeah. <laughs> um, stalag- stalagmites up from the floor, stalactites down from the ceiling. I believe that's how, how that goes. Yes. Yes, I, it I, is. 
And yeah, I, I Googled that because I knew. Here's the nice thing about writing a book with you guys as my friends. Periodically, I will think of something and I will be like, I should probably Google this because if I get it wrong, Charlie and Colin are going to like never let me live it down. Yeah. Little, little did John know I was going to send the highlighter, making sure I remembered all of these things. <laughs> like, yeah. So it did, it did, it reinforced like, oh, and this is before I was anywhere close to publishing it. I was like, I should double check this to make sure I got the right thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I literally, I highlighted it as I got to look this up, make sure he used the right one because that was <laughs> um, Page 26, chaos, though challenging, can produce a kind of beauty that we humans will never be able to capture. I disagree. I think humans are better than chaos. Interesting. I, I agree to disagree because I think yeah. that it's kind of cool that there's something that we can never really fully create. Um, page 31. You do, you make two references to log flume rides at amusement parks. And I was I wanted to know if you had a negative or positive experience with log flume rides. <laughs> uh, largely speaking, positive. I mean, at some point I just realized writing it, it was like I, I am putting a person – in a giant cutout of a log going down a big waterfall. Like, I, if I yeah. didn't reference a log flume ride, yeah. it seems like it would have been a missed opportunity. Uh, the two lines I'm referencing are the first one. You make a mental note that log flume rides in theme parks are far tamer than the true experience. And then the next paragraph is, the actual end is much more abrupt and violent than you expected. In this regard, the log flume rides in amusement parks around the world are fairly accurate. So <laughs> both a knock both a knock and a compliment to log flume rides. I'm even I can still go to Disney World even if this book gets big. Yeah. Uh let's see. Uh the whole vista looks like it could be in a lawn care commercial. I thought that was a good use of imagery. I knew exactly what you were talking about when you mentioned that. You know. Yeah, it, it kind of puts that image of like the Windows ninety five background in your head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or like a, 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 a giant deer commercial where the guy is showing off a zero-turn mower. <laughs> yeah, his zero-turn mower, and he's just on like 10 acres of just grass. There's nothing else there. It's just grass. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes you, on page 39, it takes you only one or two eternities to traverse the last mile. I was like, I like, I, I like that line where it's like, you know, I'll see you next eternity. Stuff, shit, shit like that. I, I like yeah, that exactly. Um. You worry that you will make that you will be seen as an intruder, wishing to harm someone. So you would like to make yourself. um, Ah, this is this is a mistake. One. Okay. Yeah. What is it? This this is the sentence. You worry that you will be seen as an intruder, wishing to harm someone. So you would like to make yourself self as non-threatening as possible. Shit! Too many selfs. Too many selfs. That's why I had that one. No other comments on that one. Just nice job uh, checking your grammar. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Bill Self would have been okay with it. Yeah. Or uh, Ray and Brandon. Nice job checking uh, John's grammar. Yeah. Screen. I'll defend them. I'm pretty confident because I just plugged this in. I had a version of it and I plugged it in because it like, it was like, yeah, like plug in just a word file and then it'll format a lot of it. Then I can take it from there. So I just had a word file and I plugged it in and I'm pretty confident it was an old version of it because as I went through, by the way, for whatever you caught, I caught like 20 things per read through. I was like, okay, fuck, so fuck this is not good news. Um, 
page 48, you used the word lightning bugs. I want to compliment you on using the correct form of what you call that insect. So that's a correct. Lightning bugs are correct. They're not fireflies. They are lightning bugs. Oh, yeah. No, I always called them lightning bugs as I was yeah. growing up. I wanted to compliment you on using a correct word there. <laughs> um, lightning bugs are important, too. So that would have been yes, a real they're, they're fucking very, miss. Well, I mean, if you'd have called them fireflies, then a miss. It's just like, that's just not what they're called. In I'm America. just saying I would have used it like it's not a one and done. I would have used it's it true. ten times. You're not wrong. Um, the exterior of, of the exterior of it reads English Earl Grey. Again, similar to the superhero thing, of course, there's going to be a T reference. This is a, yep. this is a John book. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see what else? fun fact about that also I was talking to Kurt about it who has also read it and he said the second I put you in the the kitchen he was immediately like there's going to be fucking Earl Grey somewhere in here I don't care where but it's going to come up <laughs> he said he called his shot which I was like I appreciate that um, though you are by no means out of shape the steepness of the climb seems like it should be well outside of your abilities and yet, as you continue, you do not feel winded. In fact, you do not lose your breath at any point during the ascent. Um, because the book is in second person, you are um, ostracizing our mountain climber associates, meaning <laughs> Sean Whitehurst being one of them. So, um, What if Sean bought a copy? I wouldn't put it past him. I wouldn't either. I think Sean could... I- Sean, for as much shit as we give him, Sean is a, a fairly like nice, like personable person. He's very nice person. He's a very nice person. Like yeah. you know, he's just like, you know. I could very much see him seeing this and saying like, "Oh, like that would be really cool to like see what John did." Even if you know, even if he doesn't like it, like I could see him, you know, giving it a shot. Uh, this next one is something that I learned. That I wanted to share with the group. I think I've heard this before, but it's. Um, you breathe deeply to take in its smell and find yourself inhaling something like the chlorine that one would find in a pool. So fun fact for you, the smell of like a chlorinated pool is okay. not the smell of chlor. It's not the smell of chlorine. It's the smell of the compound that chlorine forms when it mixes with urine. No fucking way. Really? Yeah. Mark Rober. I don't know if anybody watches Mark Rober videos on YouTube, but he did an experiment on this where he took, I think it was five times the amount of chlorine that you would have in a in like pool water and put it in a bucket and it didn't smell like anything. It smelled like water. Then yeah. he took the normal amount with a little bit of his own pee <laughs> and put it in another bucket and let it sit and that's the smell. You get that chlorine smell. Just immediate. Yeah. So you're telling I think, me right I, I think it's I think it's called like try it's like trichloro something as the compound it forms or whatever when it mixes with urine. See, that's the crazy thing about that then because that effectively means that every pool that any of us has ever been in has been peed in at least once. Yeah. Like yeah. there's no pool that you've been in because I don't know. You just think statistically one of the pools I've been in, no one's taken a piss while they've been in it. Apparently that is not the case. No, no. So I, I did want to share that with the group. Yeah, it's a – it's a Mark Gruber video. It's from, it's got to be like, I don't know, five, six years ago at this point when it came out. But yeah, there's a whole thing about it. So, wow. That's, yeah, that's, that's, why, that's why I highlighted that. It has nothing to do with the book. I just wanted to share that fact. <laughs> no, I, I appreciate that. That's very interesting. Um, your upper back rests. Oh, this is another mistake one. All right. Um, your upper back, this is page 73. Your upper back rests of the side of the pool. Oh, not on. Off, or off, off or on the side of the pool, whatever it's supposed to be. Not I off, think it's, it's on, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, that, that was a mistake that I found. Um, that's all I have for that one. Um, 
Entropy surrounds the world, and to try to fight it is a waste of time. I don't think Entropy gets enough love, so I was glad that you used um, Entropy in this one. So you were pro-Entropy, but anti-chaos. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Okay. I'm a a man of science, John. (laughs) That's fair. Um, uh, You wish you had a coin to flip? That way, if you chose wrong... You could blame an inanimate object rather than yourself. I think that relates to every bet I've ever made in my entire life. So that, that was good. <laughs> Not the least of which being the Brian Room decision. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I won that one. but uh, You did, I've but lost, you could have blamed the coin yeah, otherwise. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime I've lost a bet, it is, an, it, it is a, another person or an inanimate object's fault. Not Charlie, me. there's a reason why we always used to bet against the coin in all of our bets on the pod. Yeah, it's because the coin is an easier person to hate than someone who knows what they're doing. Exactly. Uh, you begin. Uh, ah, this is another one. Uh, this is a mistake one. I think this is my last mistake one. Okay. That I ha- that I have. Um, you begin your descent by first wrapping the vine around your waist, and then slowly sliding off the edge of the cliff. The word you used for waste was waste, W-A-S-T-E, as opposed to W-A-I-S-T. Oh, okay. Interesting, wrong, yeah. Wrong form of the word waste there. I'm uh, not going to lie. If you gave me 100 tries at that page, I don't know that I would have landed on that. So, I, catch, I re- honestly. I reread that one, and I was like, hold on a second. Like, I thought I, re- I read it wrong. I was like, waste? What is he talking Oh, he's talking about his actual waste. No, yeah, I'm shitting being... off the side of the cliff. That's what yeah, it is. Uh, nice job. Again, Ray and Brandon. Nice job proofreading that one. They did uh, not. I can tell you for sh- certain they did not catch in any of their proofreads that one. So that's a legitimate yeah. one. Um, a smile crosses your face despite the stakes. That was fun. I don't know why I highlighted that one. I don't remember what I was thinking at that time. So we'll, so we'll move on. <laughs> Have I used the wrong version of steaks? Did I say it like the meat? No, no. Yeah, it's, okay. it's, it's correct form. I don't know. Uh, again, this one. This time you reach out. Ah, this is a mistake one. Uh, despite a smile crosses your face. Yeah, I don't know why I highlighted the first one. All right, this one though. Uh, this yeah. time you reach out and grab a thick branch of the tree. I think it's supposed to be you reach out and grab a thick branch of the tree. What no, did I say? Grab. Oh, you, at you grab. reach out okay. at grab a thick branch of the tree. Probably, um, yeah. There's there's a hundred different things that that could have been, but yeah, none of them is um, correct. Uh, I highlighted the word outcropping on page ninety nine because I think at that point you used outcropping roughly three thousand times in this book. So did I really? Okay. I think I think you used outcropping a lot. I think I made a no, I made a note here. Um, the word of the book is outcropping. So that's interesting because I did notice as I, and I've told this to like Matt and some other people. I've read this book twenty to twenty five times, something like that, just because of editing it. And so periodically, you get to like become used to like, oh fuck, I use this word way too many times, and you start trying to find synonyms. Never caught the outcropping though. So just know that it could have been worse, but yeah, that is definitely something that I do. Yeah. Um, I think that is all that I have. That also reminds me of one, uh, a tweet that I saw from, I think it was like Shea Serrano or one of those guys who's like a writer for like a, a sports thing. 
And he just, it was like a screenshot of like, uh, like Google Doc. And he just had like keywords searched. It was some word. It was just like outstanding or something. And it just said outstanding. And then it was like one out of like 53 uses. And he was like, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is the cat for the two is fuck. <laughs> okay. So. So that's, you know, just lines I liked or mistakes you made. As, as I found, I'm sure, like you said, there are probably more that I didn't catch. Um, um, almost you, certainly, that, yeah. Yeah, that you caught. But that's, that's, those are lines that I liked or things I wanted to talk about as just, you know, ways to go through the book. Uh, the last thing I'd like, I'd like to do, which I think is, is the best part here, is I have uh, five sequel titles. Okay, and, yeah. And the plots of what the sequel could be with these titles. Okay. Uh, so the first one is um, Insomnium, but it's I-N-S-O-M-N-I-I-U-M, and the second set of I's are Roman numeral capital letters. It's like okay, Insomnium 2. That's cool. That's kind of cool. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you. Um, and that is just the same book, essentially, again. Because <laughs> as you were in the last, uh, this is a big spoiler word, but like, You've come to this place many times. It's like a whole, you learn something new. It could yeah. be a new a new lesson or essentially the same story, just again, with slightly different actions. You yeah, know? I mean, it could be like the finale, like some sort of you go head to head against this shadow and like, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. you, you find something. Yes. Um, all right. So, that, so yeah, that, that was basically just, just, you just republished the book under a new title. It's basically. <laughs> That's yeah. We pay Jane for a new cover though. Yes. Um, uh, all right, number two, uh, Chronicles of Insomnium, colon, uh, Brioxa's Tale. That's a, like, Wicked-style Brioxa prequel book. Right. You, get her, you get her backstory, figure out what she's all about. An origin story of sorts for her. Yes. Um, number three, it's just Brioxa with three X's, and this is an erotic novel. Between or just, <laughs> between with Brioxa and the main character being the main participants, so that's that's what this was a Fifty Shades of Grey type novel. Fun fact: I briefly considered a sex scene, and then I thought about it for about thirty seconds, and thought, "There's no way for me to write that. That would not be the worst thing ever." Yeah, I agree. <laughs> um, maybe make a whole book out of it, though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know what? Let's just go all in if I'm going to do it. Um, then I have Insomnium Two: Colon Wide Awake. In this one, Brioxa becomes a Freddy Krueger-style character, <laughs> where te- instead of being like asleep, it's a thing. The character can't go- can't go to sleep because of Brioxa. So. so, so like the Machinist, but but with more me. <laughs> yes, but with more with more with more you and anxiety involved. <laughs> I mean, there would inherently, yeah. If I can sleep, yeah. I mean, yeah. Something would pop up. I'm sure. <laughs> exactly. And, and then my last one is um, Insomnium 2, Return to Insomnium, similar to like a Planet of the Apes type of thing, where you, as you're going through the story, you find something that means that you're either in the future or the past of uh-huh. your reality. So like in, in Planet of the Apes, they find the Statue of Liberty, meaning yeah. they're in the future. So, something like that happens at the end of, at the end of that book. <sighs> I like that one actually. That could yeah. be a fun. Yeah, like all of a sudden it's just. It, I would do the same thing. You know, you'd have to be really on the nose with it. It would be the Statue of Liberty would be buried somewhere, and you'd and, find a torch. 
and with that last one, or with the wide awake, he'd be like a, a, a too fast, too furious. That where it's like too insomnium to sleep or something like that, you know. So, but with the, with the number two, of course, right? Yeah. yeah, like insomnium, too electric boogaloo, that type of situation. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I like it. I do. I like all of those ideas. Uh, I, legitimately, the Riaxa prequel was a, a, an interesting idea. Like that's mm. something that could be explored at some point. Chuck, Chuck half and half, 50-50. We split the um, meager profits. Sure. Uh, you, could donate, you, you, could, you could donate your half to charity, and I won't. So. <laughs> the charity of Charles Case of the Fourth. Yeah, exactly. The, the human uh, fund. The, yeah. I, don't go to the, I don't go to the human fund. <laughs> um. All right, wait, Chuck. Would you like to hear sort of a backstory of this, of how of how we landed here, of, how, of why you had to read this? Yes, I would say that that is probably a good way to cap off the episode here. Okay, so um, I started this the summer of 2017. So this is the summer after junior year of college. I was working at a in, an internship uh, where. They kind of had something in mind for me to do, and then they didn't anymore, but they had already hired me, so then they just had to sort of try to f- scramble and find shit for me to do. So most of the time, I didn't have anything to do. So in the interim, I just, like, my mind wandered. And actually, the thing that kind of pointed me in this direction was, I don't know if you re- will recall Colin's weekly extracurriculars. I recall those. I wrote a eight-page... <laughs> paper on why we should bring back burning at the stake in the form of uh, capital punishment. So. Exactly. So Colin started doing those. It was a weekly like prompt that he would put out. And it actually got me starting to like write things. And I actually was like really enjoying the process of like creating this puzzle and like, you know, making it specifically so that Colin could figure it out and like that type of thing. So I was like, oh, maybe I'll start writing things. And this was right after... We had gone to, we did our big West Coast trip where we hit a bunch of national parks. And it was a couple months after I had started seeing a therapist for the first time. So the merging of those two things, which is me trying to be not anxious anymore and me really liking nature, it was just like, what if I did nature and anxiety at the same time? And that's how we came to this loose idea. And I was like, okay, so what if I made like every, cause I'll, for those who are unfamiliar again, a, a lot of guided meditations, essentially like a, a technique is to go through each part of your body mm-hmm. and like take stock of it. And the whole goal is to be sort of in the present. So I was like, what if each part of the body was a different natural thing? So then that's how that came together. And then the title actually Chuck, you are obviously familiar with Johannes Kepler. I am familiar. The father of orbital physics. Um, he also wrote what is generally credited as the first science fiction story. He really? wrote I did, a, I did not know that. Yeah, so he wrote a book <clears throat> named Somnium, which in Latin means the dream. Um, and essentially, it was a story he was trying to convince people that the moon orbited around the earth, but the earth could still orbit around the sun. He was attempting to get people to accept that idea. So what he did was he took this character and he put 
the character like got whisked away by like a demon to the moon and then from the moon's perspective the earth is orbiting around the moon so you just like look if you like change your perspective like things are different so i was like oh that's a really a somnium's a fucking cool word so i was like well what if it was insomnium and rather than going out into the moon it was going in so that's entirely what that was well, the title. Okay. I actually, I was going to ask that question about how did you come up with the title, but you answered it. So, and also, technically speaking, not that this was why I picked it, but insomnium translates directly in Latin to the nightmare, mm-hmm. which kind of fits. Yeah. Uh, in terms of it being like a you know an anxiety attack or whatever. So, but yeah, so that's essentially how I came to it. I started it then, and then I worked on it very on and off, like extraordinarily on and off until uh quarantine where i ran out of excuses to not fucking get this thing done mm-hmm. and and there you have it <sighs> brief history where did you come up with the name uh brioxa does that have a meeting another sort of like insomnium or is that just off the top of your head that actually comes from somnium loosely uh, okay um it was oh jeez i'm trying to remember where the Part of it. So the the character, one character in Somnium is like the main character's mother is a witch and her name is like Theoxelhild or something like really unpronounceable. But there's like an X and an H and like it kind of looks cool. And then I think I combined that with the first Brian. name. No, my therapist. So I just put those two together and I was just like. Do we have a little Tony Soprano situation going on here, John? What? In what way? With, with, I guess you don't know that reference. Um, anybody that's watching Am Soprano, I banging my therapist? No. That, that's, that's what I'm getting at. Um, <laughs> no? No, he was a man. and um, But I combined, yeah, that character's name because I thought the name looked cool with um, with his name to create this new character name, essentially. So that was gotcha. where that came from. Which I, and then once I wrote it down, I was like, "Oh, that actually kind of looks cool. That looks like mysterious." Essentially, yes. was all I was going for. I named that some people might, might not know how to say correctly, and not be <laughs> not sure they're saying it correctly. So that's how I pronounced it in my head the whole time. So um... I was really worried that I was going to uh, that I was going to say the word brioxa. You're going to be like, "Hey, dumbass! It's brioja," and everybody that's, <laughs> that's ever read the English language knows that. And I'm like, "Oh shit." Uh, Charlie, I, I wouldn't have done that if for no other reason that the whole point of this book is that you toss yourself in there and whatever happens in your head happens. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, if you pronounce it, if you had mispronounced shadow somehow, I just sort of been like, all right, whatever. The shadow, you misread that word the whole time, but that's the character's name now. So fuck it. Yeah. Yeah. But yes. Um, so that's sort of uh, where okay. all of that comes from. Gotcha. Well, good. I'm glad. I think th- I think this ended up being a better episode than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> like, I said, um, like I said, with about 15 pages left in John's book, I was like, "Oh no!" Chuck was know, sweating. I, I, I don't know what we're going to do here, uh, but no, it was good. And I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm glad that so many people have enjoyed it, or even if they didn't enjoy it, they bought it. And the important thing is that essentially, also to give maybe some backstory into like the inner workings of how this whole process works. I submitted this to like three or four publishers. Cause I knew it wasn't, it, 
This is not a bestseller. It is A, 100 pages, and B, weird as shit. So I was like, let's just see if somebody will pick it up. No one did. And so then I published it. Mostly because I wanted to just be like, all right, I'm done. I'm not working on this anymore. Mm-hmm. It's out there. Um, and then once I had decided on that, I was kind of like, all right, well, I'm just going to donate whatever to charity. Because I'm not trying to. How, how much has that been with the 101 copies sold? 415 bucks, something like that. Oh well, that's, that's not a small. That's, that's not a small amount. No, it's a it's a pretty uh, solid amount. But it's not. I also would like to clarify. I'm not a saint. Um, it was a dual purpose of well, you know, I work a day job. Like I am supporting myself on my own. But also, I was like, well, maybe if some people see that it's not just like, hey, pay John for his book. It's like, hey, pay John for his book, and then the money's going to go to charity. They would be more inclined. Mm-hmm. to buy it so um, my final question is i think you said that you've sold 101 copies yes to date so it's assuming it's 101 different people have purchased the book how many of do you think you know directly i would say 101 really or it's well me or jane because jane also sort of put the, the stuff out there so okay between the two of us yeah i would say 101. I don't think that there is okay. a soul who is, okay. well, with, with the lone exception, Charlie, of those random booksellers who have bought this book and are reselling it for more money than it initially costs to buy. I don't understand that at all. So but art, they did it. It's called The Art of the Deal, John. Apparently, yes. The Art of the Dealing, my book that no one really wants to read, but it is there. They have been at least like five or six. So, you know, we'll, we'll subtract that. We'll say 95 of those. Okay. Either Jane or I have met personally. And like, you know, I don't think anyone has just come across this and been like, you know what? No, this is something that I need in my life. But my, my, my last, last question is, will this be, will this be a gift you're giving people like for the foreseeable future or no? No. No. Okay. No, I, I, well, maybe at least one person because I now own two copies of it mm-hmm. and I don't need them. I, I have once God. again read this thing over 20 times. If you had fucked up and owed money every time <laughs> this book was bought, as a, gr- as a group, we'd be promoting the shit out of it because it'd be just so funny. The nice thing about it is that this book is so, so, sold so few copies that I have to assume it would have been more expensive for Universal to sue me than it would have been to just let me get away with it in perpetuity. Yeah, yeah but they would have. They, yeah, but they would have. They would have sued you for more than the more than the court costs. I guess. Yeah, maybe they would have sued me for four hundred dollars plus uh, legal fees. Yeah, <laughs> which would have been like five thousand four hundred dollars. Yes. Yeah, at least. Well, I would have um, settled. I mean, <laughs> that would have been uh, so funny. That been... Um, but yes, so that is, I guess, a, a brief glimpse into what this whole thing was. Uh, Chuck, I do appreciate you reading it, regardless of really, regardless, even if you had come on here and just shitted all over it. I appreciate you reading it. I appreciate anyone who takes the time to read it because it is. I mean, it's. 
not a long book, but it's a hundred pages. It took you two days. Like it's, it's a little bit of an investment and it is several years of my life that I poured into this. So I, I do genuinely appreciate anyone who has taken the time. Um, yeah, with that being said, if you are for whatever reason, listening to this and you haven't bought the book, please do not for my own like ego, but because again, it's going to a, a good cause Um, 90% of the profits are going to the National Alliance on Mental Illness. They do a lot of really, really cool work. Um, And, you know, a a lot of their, pretty much their entire operation is funded by donations. So I would recommend it, though you've now been spoiled on it, kind of. We didn't really necessarily actually dive too deep into it. No, I think we did an absolutely great, I mean, I read, like, you know, random lines from the book and we talked a little bit about certain stuff that had happened but like yeah the allegory of it all i, I think we yeah. did a very good job of just for dancing next to the to the spoiling it yeah we could potentially uh maybe i'll toss this on my instagram story next Chuck. <laughs> now i don't want anyone to find this podcast tweet it out for the don't fear the uh keeper uh account well, I will. I mean, but that's because 12 people follow it. And somehow 12 people follow it. I don't know how so many. Anthony Jorge finding this is the most absurd thing that still has ever happened. Uh, but yes, um, I guess. Yeah, please check it out if you haven't. Uh, if you have any sort of desire to recommend it to people, consider it. I did say today, if people could review it on Amazon or Goodreads or whatever, that would actually probably be kind of nice because then... It is a little, like, I think we've all been through it. When you, like, find something on Amazon that you're looking for, but it has, like, three reviews, you're inherently, like, there's no way this is going to be what I order. But, but books are different, though. Books, books are, are different. That's totally different than an item. It is, but at the same time, there's just this inherent, like, it's a snap judgment of, like, I don't trust whatever this is. That's fair. That is fair. Um. So, I don't know. Consider it. Uh, it can genuinely be because no one, I don't think people are necessarily going to read it. If you want to leave a five star review, like we were saying and review entirely how burnable it is, fucking go for it. I think that that would be really funny. Mm-hmm. Caught fire instantly. Caught fire, really burned, got all of the Tinder that I had stacked on top of it going immediately. Um, but yeah, Chuck, I, I think you, you, expanded enough but do you have any final passing thoughts to share with our listeners nope uh just as a you know i would say that you know maybe congratulate the league office now uh i'm publishing its first book so <laughs> you know that is true this is, this is like yeah. this, is, this is like charles brokers in the combined here we have eight we have eight championship rings you know it's like combined john and i have written one book so that's true it's very difficult to disprove that statement. Mm-hmm. So what we really need to get to is you need to write like three books, and then it's like combined. John and I have written three books, so or we can sound exactly. like we can sound like I wrote one. You know, exactly. Yeah, no, I need to write at least two. At which point, you are officially just counted as on average one book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. Uh. Yeah. I mean, I don't think anyone's gonna have any actual questions about this, but if anyone does. Whatever. This is once again been four years of my life. So if you do have questions, 
ask them? I don't really care. I'll answer them. Including, Colin actually brought up several plot inconsistencies that I had to work my way through. So that was kind of fun. Um, so, yeah, if you want to do that, too, go for it. it it's enjoyable for me, too. All right. Well, Chuck, if you have nothing else, I certainly have nothing else. If I go in any further, I think I will officially just be a blowhard talking. This is a prime jerk off episode for me. <laughs> That's fair. It is. Uh, so I apologize for that. But very, not very, really. com- very, it's very comparable to the episode that we do in the first round of the playoffs every year, where I pick myself to win it, <laughs> despite, despite just sneaking into the playoffs. Exactly. That's like yeah, the episodes where you and I both win, and we both just get to spend an hour and a half talking about how our teams are how, definitely how, 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 how good our teams are. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Well, regardless, um, check back here uh, for additional off-season episodes. This is our third one. We are open to more additional, you know, off-season stuff if anyone has ideas. Yeah, we, we have at least uh, one more um, episode for sure planned before um, our trip to North Carolina. We have one thing planned for yes, for an episode for that. But outside of that, we have no other off-season stuff like actively in the works. So we're open to any ideas, any participation from from anybody else. Exactly. So feel free to get in touch with us. Uh, but until a new episode is released, peace.